Therapy Cafe Podcast, Episode 5. Welcome to the Therapy Cafe Podcast. I'm Kathleen Talent, and I'm a clinical psychologist. Allison Stenson and I are on a mission to break down the stigma associated with mental health issues and to support you, the mental health professional, as you strive to make a difference in the lives of your clients and in your communities. We're focusing on different topics in this podcast that are timely and relevant in the field of mental health, and we're going to dive in and examine the topics from a variety of vantage points through the lens of clinical perspectives, through applying findings from research, and through lived experiences. This podcast is designed to complement what you've learned in school, in your classes, in your textbooks, in your practicums or internships, or your CEU courses. Throughout my career, I've always integrated all of these perspectives in what I do, Um, the research perspective, the clinical perspective, and also teaching and understanding a topic from a variety of angles. These all connect and it's all part of an integrative approach. And along, all along the way, we're also um, taking a holistic perspective, mind, body, spirit. You'll hear Allison from time to time on this podcast as we chat and she'll give her perspective about these topics as well. You can find information about us and the podcast at www.thetherapycafe.com. In this episode, we're continuing to focus on the very important topic of first responder mental wellness. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Therapy Cafe podcast. And today I am thrilled to have as my special guest, Craig Baudet. Um, Mr. Baudet is one of the founding members of the peer support program in Hanover County, Virginia, Fire and EMS. Welcome, Craig. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. You're welcome. I am. I am just honored. Thanks so much. So, um, can you tell um, the listeners a little bit about you and what you do and how you came to be involved in peer support? Um, actually, I, I came to be involved with peer support. It was just by pure coincidence. It really, um, I do um, the cancer prevention for our department um, and was dabbling in that or was in that. Um, and our union president came to us and said, or came to me and said, Hey, you know, do you want to take over mental health? We need help with that. We do great with the physical part of it, like the physical, um, uh, like P, like physical exams to do workout, um, routines or not routines, but stuff to get hired and, and what we have to go through yearly. He said, we well, don't have anybody to take care of the mental aspect of it. Would you take care of it? And I was like, I don't really know that much about it, but yeah, sure. I, I actually uh, wouldn't mind doing that. Um, you know, he, he's like, well, I'll give you a day or two. I said, no, I'm good. I, I don't need a day or two. I'll, I'll do it. So I was helping myself and my other partner that started the peer support, the peer support program with me. Um, and we just kind of went from there. And that was in December of 2014. Okay. So we didn't really start getting, getting into or delving into it until 2015. So it was um, one of those things where it was a big, um, I mean, it's a lot of information and and you know, like anything you start new, you're you're gung-ho, you're ready to climb this mountain, you're ready to to conquer it. And then all of a sudden you fail to realize how steep this mountain is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you are um, 
a career firefighter. Is that correct? Yes, career firefighter medic with the county, with Hanover County. I've been with them for, uh, see, next month, June, June. Let's try January. Mm-hmm. January 16th will be 14 years for me. But then I volunteered in Chesterfield County, Virginia, where I'm at, where I live at, um, for six years, almost seven years. So um, about 20 all combined. That's awesome. Um, based on your experience and just what you've seen over these last few years or throughout your career, what are some of the um, behavioral health needs or challenges that, that face um, people in the fire service? Um, it, it's not so much the challenges. The, the biggest challenge we face, face on a daily basis or on, a, on almost every day is the, the stigma aspect of it. The, you know, if I need to ask for help, um, I'm weak and I can't, you know, people are going to make fun of me and people are going to, because, you know, we're all creatures. We all want to be liked. We all want to be accepted by our peers. And then if something happens, they, and they, and you think they look at you differently, then we don't, we don't reach out when we really need to. So instead of reaching out, what we do is we end up just taking more and more and more of that on until all of a sudden we're in quicksand up to our, our nostrils and, and, we're, it's a little too late to realize that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so there, so there are a lot of different stresses that yes. you know, people in your profession face. What, are, what are some of those? Just to have, you know, the therapists and others listening to help them understand the kinds of things that that you might see, experience, or the stress that's involved. Uh, I think some of the stress that's involved with us is are, are the calls are the type of calls that we run. Um, they're, they're much different than they probably were. Um, I mean, obviously different than they were 20 or 30 years ago, but they, um, they just seem to be more of them. Um, you know, especially in the, in this pandemic that we're in, um, we're seeing things that we normally don't see, or we're seeing more of more, um, what's what I'm trying to think of the, the viciousness of, of, of a scene, like a, a car accident, um, people with uh, DUIs that are, you know, don't have anything to do and they're drunk by four thirty, five o'clock in the afternoon, mm-hmm. where normally they would be at work, that kind of thing. Um, we're also seeing, believe it or not, a lot of, um, and I think every, probably every department in some way, shape or form over the years have faced this, but we're, we're facing a lot of youth, a lot of young people who don't necessarily have coping skills in place or resiliency uh, skills in place. Um, and, and honestly, it, it's, and it's nothing against them. It's the generation they lived in. It's, it's how they were brought up, but it's a lot of it is not this face-to-face conversations anymore. It's more, um, over text and it's more, um, you know, gaming and, you know, more technology kind of thing. So it's, that can be a, that can be a challenge in having to deal with somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so I've often, I've talked about it and often thought, you know, in a typical day at, at work on the job, you all, um, you know, would see more things, you know, or trauma or whatever you want to call it, you know, than a typical person would see in his or her lifetime, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would say um, traditionally probably five times more than what a normal person would see. Um, and that's, you know, now I'm sure that number could be higher. I mean, you know, a lot of these statistics that are out there now are are great statistics, but they're not based, not everybody answers those questions. So, you know, when they say, you know, 30% of this, 
you know, in all reality, it's probably closer to 45 or 50, but because they don't answer those surveys, it's kind of hard to gauge what's true numbers. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And um, one of the things that um, for therapists, for mental health professionals, it seems that there's a need for them to mm, understand more, learn more about the culture Yes, of the fire service and things like that. How would you describe some of the characteristics or even like the culture of um, the fire service and, and EMS? Um, it's actually, it, it's, it's runs a gamut. It can, the culture and the fire service, it could be the A type personality, go, 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 go. It could be the comedian. It could be, um, you know, somebody who's not confident, um, you know, who doesn't take to, criticism well it could be um youth it could be um the old adage of we've done it like that for years you know it could be um history or um i'm trying to think of a better word for history but like you know it's it, we're always impeded by progress because of history i'm not gonna do it that way we didn't do it that way 40 years ago well it's 40 years ago is much different than it is now you know, 40 years ago, they didn't wear SCBAs like they do now, mm -hmm. you know, th th those kind of things. So that's what we, that's what we truly face a lot of, or that, that's, that's a personality. You, and, and, you know, it's, it's hard to take all those personalities and blend them together in the firehouse to try to, to try to create a team. And I think the other thing that like, and I can't speak that about that for every department out there, but I know for us, we we're so young, we're, we're so um, we're probably one of the, the lowest, when I say lowest, lowest amount of people in operations. Um, we get transferred a lot. So we could be with at one station for six months and then get transferred to another station. And so you don't have that, that chance to really kind of build that bond and that cohesiveness because you're always moving. So that, that, that's another thing we have to fight against. Okay. Yeah. And it, it sounds almost like a family. You say, you know, the, the team I've heard, um, things referred to as like a brotherhood or a sisterhood. I mean, there's a lot of group cohesion or within the fire service, isn't it? It, it is, it is, but it's also a lot of A-type personality. It's a lot of, um, a lot of stuff you gotta be careful. You know, like me personally, I'm not an A-type personality. I mean, I just go with the flow and, you know, and everybody, and it's also very, we have people that are very goal oriented and goal driven. And, you know, by year one, I'm gonna be a firefighter. And by year three, I'm gonna be, um, this and by year five, I'm going to be a lieutenant, you know, so it's the very measured in how they go about the, their, their um, careers. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's a hard thing to deal with sometimes. I mean, you, you know, especially because I, I think what's hard for people to understand is, or, or for people to take a step back and look at is that while that person may be like that, but like the lieutenant may be like that, not all of his folks are like that. You know, a lot of people are chilled out. They they want to they want to train, they want to do things, but they don't want to necessarily have the gas pedal all the way to the floor, all the time. So, mm -hmm. you know, that, that, that's some of the things we face. Okay. And um, so, were there any in in your um, particular county in your area? Was there any um, need or or reason why peer support? was developed or you started to, to move toward that model? Um, it was, it, it's kind of, it, 
there's always there's always a need for it. And, and I don't think a lot of people realize this, but really mental health and fire service was talked about, was first talked about in 1989. The, hey, we need this. And here it is, 2020, we're just now really starting to take, take this seriously and go, hey, this is truly something that we do need. And this is legitimate. Um, this is something that, um, and, and, you know, I, I think there's been departments have had several people within an 18-month time frame kill themselves and they're like well why is that what's what's going on we're not we're, we're missing something and they were they were missing the fact that hey look these are while we're firefighters we're we're human and we we struggle a lot with different things i mean not and, not, and that's not everybody not everybody's like oh i need to go lay on your couch but you know everybody sometimes gets hemmed up and sometimes all it takes is just the ability to have a conversation and include empathy in that conversation and to have it where if I'm having a conversation with you, um, Dr. Talent, that I'm not judging you if you're coming to me telling me something. You know, and, and I tell people all the time, and this is legitimate, um, peer support is not something new. This is something we've been doing for years. And what I mean by that is we sat around the fire firehouse table for years, becoming firehouse lawyers, doctors, you know, we solved the world's problems 10 times over. You know, so it's really the power of conversation and how how important that can really make people understand, um, make the other person get it off their chest and go, wow, I, maybe I do need some help, mm. you know? So that, that that's what we face. I mean, that's, that's, that's really the crux of it. And that's why we went to it. CISM, while it surely has its place, um, definitely not, not knocking it, but the difference is peer support's more of a holistic approach. Um, where CISM looks at everything for a potential for traumatic event, um, where peer support is, or, or let me back up, CISM looks at it for everything being a traumatic event, where peer support is more like a potential for a traumatic event. I'm not saying that, that what they're going through is not traumatic, but it's not on that scale. Like CISM is more like a, a bus rolls over on 95, um, and we, you know, and 20 people are killed. That's traumatic. That's where CISM plays a big role. So that, that's really the difference between the two. Can you explain CISM and kind of what that is for someone who might not know about it? Yeah, so basically what CISM is, is um, after everything's done and over with, like, it, you know, it doesn't, it's not necessarily that shift day, but it could be the next shift day where they bring everybody together, together in a circle um, and to try to get people to talk about their feelings. And sometimes you know, it takes just more than 12 hours or 24 hours off to kind of analyze what you've just seen and to kind of process what you, you've just seen. So, um, you know, and people are not really apt to that. I, I think you, you have to give people time to think about what they've experienced, what they've seen, what their thoughts are, how do they feel about it? You know, because like, for instance, I may come to you and say, I, I got a hangnail. This is really traumatic to me. And, and you know, while you may look at me and laugh, um, in all reality, it, it is traumatic to me. And who am I, you know, who am I to look at somebody and say, oh, you got a hangnail, suck it up. When, you know, if I just listen to you and try to figure out why you, you think it's traumatic and, um, and move forward from there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so the peer support is... Um as you, as you say, a more holistic and a model that's being used now. And, and what is, how is that different in your experience, your understanding? How does that feel different 
than the critical incident stress sort of approach? I think Pierce, well, to me, how, how I view it, Pierce Board is more of a one-on-one -on -one conversation. It's more of a, hey, man, you got a minute? Let me, let me slide to the side of the bay or side of the union and talk to you about what's going on. Or, hey, you know why everybody's outside? You know, hey, look, can I, can I talk to you for a minute? You know, it's more of that versus being a big circle and being in a, a big group because people don't, people just aren't up to that. They're just not, because they don't want to show emotion. I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, this is, there are times when you're, someone's going to be talking to you and within a matter of minutes, just break down crying. You know, and that's what really my goal for peer support is to be, um, to make it non-judgmental, to make it safe and to make it matter. The, hey, your conversation you have with me matters. But the, but the bigger issue out of all that is it's the confidentiality of portion. We we want to make sure that people feel, feel comfortable and confident knowing that if they come to us, that we're not going to spread all over the fire department. Because for, it, it's, it's, a, it's a sad thought, but, but people think that, they, that if they come to us, that we're going to tell everybody in the sun and that we're going to get, um, that, that they won't get promoted, that they could be looked at as weak, they could be made fun of, they could be made, they could get laughed at, that kind of thing. And, you, you know, it's, it's okay not to be okay. It's just not okay to stay there. You know, you, 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 have, you have to invest in yourself like you do anything else in your life. You know, your, your wife, your family, your kids, your friends, you know, those are all investments. And if you don't put anything into it, you're not gonna get anything out of it. Yeah, absolutely. And do you, do you think that um, peer support is helping to break down the stigma? I, I think it is. It's just, it's um, the, the hard thing about peer support is that you can't go. So like we cannot go and say, Hey, we've helped, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, it, it's almost like um, men and men in black. Um, and I can never say this word anonymity, um, you know, being anonymous and being behind the scenes and, and, and being involved that, you know, a lot of people don't know that. And, and, and we can't tell them that, obviously, for obvious reasons. And so that's that's hard. Do I think it's breaking down the stigma? I, I do. I think it's just getting people to be more cognizant of, hey, look, I'm really struggling with this. What, what can I do? What can I do to help me? Or even sometimes, hey, look, I, I've been through this. This other gentleman's been through or other other guy I work with has been through. What can I do to help him? And that's that's what we're trying to get people to understand is recognize those signs that, that somebody may, may be having or some of those um, uh, things that they do that are not normal for them. For instance, um, you know, we change at seven o'clock and a lot of people come in between six, six, 15. Well, if you're one of those persons, people that come in at between six and six, 15, but all of a sudden I'm noticing that, hey, you know what? You're showing up at 650, 655, you're disheveled. Um, you, you come in, you check the rig out, but you're really kind of by yourself. You're not really saying a whole lot. You're not doing a whole lot of talking. Those are the kind of people that I look for to just pull them to the side and be like, hey, I, I just noticed this. I'm just, um, I just want to know what's going on. You okay? You know, you, you need to talk, that kind of thing. And, and once you start engaging people, because we all can tell BS. I mean, we all have those meters involved in some some are better than others um, at hiding things. But, you know, sometimes it's not just asking questions of those opening the questions, are you okay, yes or no? It's digging deeper to give them 
ask them questions where they can't answer it with just a yes or no. They got to come back with you with more than just a yes or no. Yes, to kind of open that door, right? Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Make that connection. Yeah, and that's and that's really what it is. And, and you know, and, and 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 I would be foolish to sit there and say that, hey, look, everybody likes me. They don't, and that's okay. They're missing out if you ask me. No, I'm just playing. But you know, <laughs> the the messenger can spoil the message sometimes. And so, what's nice about our team is that we have, you know, we have. 13 people on it, I believe 13, and we're, we're getting ready to add more to it. But the reason why is we want somebody to look down that list and go, oh, I know, well, Mike Smith, I'm more, he's more my speed, or I have more of a relationship with him than I do Craig, or I have more of a relationship than I do with um, whoever else. And so we just want you to go to, to whoever you feel comfortable with. Doesn't necessarily have to be myself or, or um, my other two compadres or other two peers of form team with me. We, we just want you to get, we just want you to reach out. Even if it's not with us, even if it's with somebody else in another jurisdiction, you know, that, that you may have confidence in, or you may feel more comfortable with, I'm okay. Cause I, you know, I don't need to know that. It's not a, I'm not here to micromanage um, what you do. This is all on your choice. You come to me, that, that's your decision. Because I mean, you, you know, Dr. Dr. Town, I think you, you know this yourself, talking about mental health, and talking about mental health issues are just not sexy. Mm-hmm. It has no teeth. It's almost kind of like, what? You know, when you fall asleep. <laughs> and so uh, I've had people in my department say that what I'm doing is uh, there's no need for it. We're, um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Um, we know what we signed. We know what we were facing when we signed up for it. We know what, what we have the opportunity to see. Um, it's just, it's we don't need it. And, and, you know, and I, and I appreciate people's opinions like that. I mean, because if you're coming to me telling me that, okay, cool. Hey, appreciate your opinion, which I do. And I, I just let them know that, well, hopefully I'm, I'm glad you won't need this, but if you do, we're not going anywhere. And because if you make a confrontation and you try to cram it down people's throat, then you're going to be turned, then people will be turned off on it, mm-hmm. you know, but if they know that you're there, know um, that they've told you some heavy information and that I haven't gotten out you know, in a couple of years and nobody's heard anything, any peeps about it, then, you know, then, then you've won, you've won right there. That, that trust issue becomes even more solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how can therapists play a role here? So therapists can play a role. Um, one of the issues that, that we find are that there are some therapists out there and I'm, and, and understand I'm not, saying all therapists are like this, but there are some therapists out there that say, hey, yeah, I, um, let's say, for instance, let's go to the EAP program, right? There's some, some therapists out there that say, hey, I deal in first responders or I deal in public safety, right? So you, they, the EAP hooks you up with them, you go to them, um, you literally go in there and you bare your soul to them for 20 minutes. I have an hour session, you go in and you bare your soul to them and they're like, oh, well, no, we, I only deal with kids. So you've only, you've already wasted time. And, and it's for, for people in the fire service, both men and women to bear their soul to somebody for 20 minutes and get all worked up only to be told I deal with kids. That's, that's a, that's a, 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 a punch in the gut. Um, you know, or uh, I've even had a, a, a friend I work with who went to go see an EAP therapist or was talking to her over the phone 
And she started crying and told him that he should get out of his job. He should quit and get, go to a different job. You know, and, and he says, I, I'm the one needing comfort. And here I am, I'm comforting her. So that's that's what it, we're really facing with. And um, I'm sorry, I'm getting winded there. So um, we, uh, you know, we're really working hard on a program to prevent that, you know, to, to build those bridges for therapists to be involved and, and clinicians to understand exactly what we do. Um, and I will tell you, without a question, there are two people, there are two to, two states that really lead this. One of them is Illinois. Their, their peer support program um, is statewide, and it is off the chains, um, very inclusive of everybody. They do a, a lot of great work. They do a lot of hard work. Um, and then Florida, um, by far, is probably one. Those, those are the top two, um, or, or I consider the gold standard. Um, they're very... Um, they're very active uh, in making things normal. Um, so I, I, before I go far, farther for anything else, I really had to give a shout out to those, those two um, states and, and departments. And um, you, you know, they're, they're the ones that are really leading the charge. It's just getting everybody to understand, I mean, to make it feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what are they doing as far as um, kind of interfacing or integrating with therapists? Um, well, so like they have, uh, Florida holds a clinician awareness program that basically, and, and obviously with COVID, it's been, um, very hard to do, but, um, they'll hold a, like a 16 hour class. And so, so how they really, what they really do break it down is they, they have like, for easier terms, they have like a, a clinician awareness program 101. You go to that, you take that class and then prerequisite to take 102 is to have 101. So for instance, they're, they're like, their basic awareness program is they have a, a two-day program. And so the first day is like eight hours and it's nothing but firefighter culture and some of the things you can expect and some of the things that you can run up against and, and how they, how some of the things we look for in clinicians and some of, the, some of those kind of things. And then their second day is, is um, more of a hands-on They you know, people can put on the uh, turnout gear and they can go into a, to a smoky um, building using Roscoe smoke, fake smoke, um, to pull a victim out, um, to use maybe like on auto accidents and, and that kind of thing. And then like the 102, and, and I haven't had a chance to really experience that yet, but the 102 is more like ride-alongs. And so they can um, kind of see firsthand what we, what we go through and what, what we can experience on an average, on a, in an average 24-hour shift. Um, and, and so really they do a great job of trying to bridge those those people together and, and to get them hooked up. So then when they say, hey, yes, uh, I deal with first responders, that's legitimate because they've been through it. They understand that they, their, their minds are more open to, to understanding um, some of the things we, we face. Mm -hmm. Yes. And are you um, seeing those kinds of programs? Are you looking to do mm, kind of model those kinds of things? Yeah, we are. County? We're, um, for us at Hanover, we're, we're starting, we put together a little program and it was kind of, uh, we, we really would like to model exactly like Florida, but um, we weren't sure when they were going to have their program again. It wasn't anything that they did wrong. It was COVID like anybody else facing it this year. It's, it's um, you know, really learning how to adapt on the fly. Um, and, and my partner and I and another um, person from our local CSB was supposed to go down to Florida to attend this class. 
but unfortunately because of COVID it got canceled twice. And then they're like, well, we're not sure when it's coming out. We were like, well, let's not wait. Let's kind of just put something together of our own. And then, um, and then obviously after we did all that, like, oh, we got another class coming out in September, but they're doing over Zoom. But they are a top-notch organization and what they're doing. They're getting, they're getting um, laws, um, affecting laws, getting them into, uh, into place when it comes to workman's comp. Um, you know, those, those kind of issues. And they're just, and they're always, they're always, they're bringing really heavy hitters to the table. What I mean by heavy hitters, like the, the IFF, the International Association of Firefighters, the um, like the Florida and Illinois, they're, they're bringing all their people on board um, from legislators to um, unions to whoever, just kind of understand that, hey, this is a big deal. This is, this is serious. And we're, we're not here to dictate. We're just here to help. Absolutely. Wow. So there, there's a lot going on. I mean, it sounds like all over the nation. It's, I think it's pockets. I, I really do. I think it's, it's pockets. There's just, um, you know, I was talking to a, a friend of mine who's a, a chaplain in, um, in a state or in a state in a county over. And, you know, really it's, he says something really hit me really hard and, I, and, and we're going to work on a presentation, but it's really, um, the the path to sur- the path to surrender for the road to success and you really have to be honest with yourself and say hey look i'm struggling i don't know what to do guide me and so that's what we're you know and i think once people realize that and they start working on themselves or they, they start investing in themselves they truly realize that man you know what i'm i am much better than i was three months ago mm-hmm. or i'm much better than i was a year ago or i was here and now I'm here and I feel so much better. You know, it, it's, I, and, and I think honestly, and I think you could probably, Dr. Talent could probably even um, attest to this or even understand it's even better. You know, really a lot of us in this peer sport stuff have, have had issues themselves, have had things that have happened to them in their own personal life that, that they could make a big difference or, or say, hey, you know what? I don't want people to have to go through with, with, what I went through. I don't want people to have to deal with what I went and, and had to deal with. And so they, you know, we get into it because we, we, we just don't want people to do that. I mean, you know, I mean, everybody's got their own story, right? Everybody's got their own things that have hit them hard and I've got mine. And, and um, you know, and my, my peer support, you know, was somebody that I never even thought about or never even looked at as peer support, what were my parents? you know, they were my peer support when I was 15, 16, you know, even in my twenties before peer support was even cool. So, you know, that's, that's what we're really, um, you know, that, that, that's what I I just want people to understand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It sounds like right now too, that therapists have a a really big opportunity to um, come together to, to work with, um, peer support and um, sort of because sometimes so with peer support somebody a peer could come and sometimes they just talk right that's all that's needed but other times if you're in the peer support program you might kind of see something that person might need some some therapy perhaps or you know you could recommend that they go get some help right right that's where the therapist comes in yeah, absolutely. And one of the things we, we let people know right off the bat is, hey, you know what? We are not trained professionals like clinicians. Um, our motto 
is our is um crossing bridges together. We have resources in place. We'll guide you to that. And then if you decide to use that resource, that's totally up to you. Um, but we're here to we're here to cross that bridge together. Yes. So so crossing bridges together. Um, you know, so if somebody has if somebody comes up and says, hey, look, hypothetically, I'm having an alcohol, I have an alcohol problem. Um, you know, first off, that's that takes a lot of courage and and strength to come up to somebody and say, hey, look, I'm struggling. I'm I'm really squandering in this. Um, and they're scared. And so if they say, hey, look, I have an alcohol problem, you know, what can we do? Um, you know, we have those resources available. And then also, excuse me, I don't think there's anybody on our team that wouldn't say, hey, we'll go with you to, to the meeting if you want. You know, we'll walk with you if you want. Um, you know, and, and that's what we try to let people know is that, you know what, we're all in this same boat together. We all have our issues. We all have our skeletons. We all have, you know, we're just all human. But um, if somebody asks me that, I'm going to I'm going to do what I can do to, to, to be there. Um, and, you know, and I'm, and I'm fortunate enough to have support of both um, our professional union organization, um, Hanover Local 4202, and then our fire chief on board. Um, and, and that makes a big difference, too, because um, they're, they're, they're great resources for us. And, and they I think they understand more than um, than other people may understand. Mm-hmm. And when you talk, that's very powerful when you talk about, you know, being human, we're all human, we all have struggles and issues. And we have talked about how um, there's some similarities, sometimes with therapists, and first responders, for example, I mean, uh, therapists aren't always so great at self care. No, that's, well, and, and that's, and it's hard. I mean, it's hard to take self care, because like, for instance, even in this, this pandemic that we're facing now, even when we're looking at those stuff, you know, for instance, um, a, a person's significant other, um, husband, wife, girlfriend, whatever, boyfriend, you know, they may have lost a job. And so now they got to pick up that slack. And so now instead of maybe working one, one shift of overtime in a pay period or in a month, they're working four or five. And so that adds a lot of stress. And, you know, really, I think if therapists were to step step back and take a look, they're really not that much different from us. I could, you could probably tell me how many times you've missed, missed birthdays, how many times you had to go on Christmas, maybe miss Christmas because of dealing with situations. Um, you know, you're at work or you're out and all of a sudden your home floods. You know, those are the things that, that we all face, you know, even including clinicians, you know, and, and um, probably Dr. Town, if I could ask you, how many, how many times have you missed uh, an important event because of your job? Yeah, that, that resonates with me. I, I probably too many to count right now when I think right. about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so we're really... I mean, we're all in this really together. We're all kind of, we can all help understand what we can do to make you successful and what you can do to help us to make us successful. And I think there's, I think that's where the buy-in comes in. That's where it's really a a great thing um, to form these relationships, because if you don't have a relationship, um, then, then we're, you don't have anything. It's it's hard to, to build that. But if, if we can have a clinician response team um, where people like for instance, if we have, um, you know, in, in October 2018, we unfortunately lost a lieutenant that got killed on the highway um, from a, a truck driver that was um, driving driving too fast for conditions and slammed into the back of the unit. 
um, you know, that was um, our first big test for us um, as a peer sport team. Now, while it held for a couple of days, um, we were, by the time we got help in, we were, we were done. We were spent because it was nice to go, whoo, all right, hey, look, this is what we got, you know, let y'all handle it and, and kind of give us a little bit of a breather. And it was, um, you, you know, and, and people don't understand that the events like that, they can affect you two, three, four years later. And, that, and that's what can add to the confusion even more is that they don't understand why all, all of a sudden it's bothering them. They found out after 9-11 that, you know, about the 18 month mark is when they were starting to see upticks in alcoholism and suicide and, you, you know, whatever, um, you know, substance abuse and self-medication. Uh, those are the kind of things that they were seeing 18 months after. And really what they found out is that's pretty normal. You, you know, you, um, and you've got some people that would never talk and that's okay. That's okay. I mean, it's sad in a lot of ways because, you know, it, it, your life could be so much more enriched if you were to just let it go and to understand why, what you're battling. But if you don't, then, you know, that's, that's short of your choice. Absolutely. So, so it sounds like um, therapists and um, those on the peer support team can really work in partnership together. They, they really can because it can... Um, it can open up different avenues for us. Um, it can open up different um, therapies, things, because it, we're all different, unique, and, and you, sometimes it's hard to take a, a square peg and fit into a round hole. What may work for me may not work for you. And so we have to always constantly be on the lookout or always constantly find out different things that may help. And for instance, I'll, I'll give a good example of this. So. I'm not a I'm not a great writer. I mean, you know, for me to write a paragraph, because I ramble, you know, I'm I'm like squirrel, you know, that <laughs> kind of thing. And so it's hard for me to focus. But um, I, there's a writing class from a a, a, a best-selling author named David Robbins that that he puts on um, to teach how to write. And so I went in this to become a better writer. But I really came out of this like, wow, this is this is incredible. This is I never thought about writing just, you know, either a story, a play, whatever it was. He didn't, he didn't say, okay, look, I want you to write about this call. I want you to write about this. It's just whatever you want to write about. And then he would critique it. And he was, he was honest and fair. He's, he's a great guy. I mean, funny, but what really brought it to my attention was there was a, a, a woman that, that had retired and she wrote a story and talked about a particular call that she went on. And she said in this class that, you know what, I had a hard time putting it to bed, but after I wrote about it, I was able to deal with it. And so really, and, and I don't think David Robbins even understands the power and impact that he has on people, you know? And so those are one of the, one of the um, avenues that we look at. I'm also looking at very heavily into um, improv or improvisation. Um, you know, that is a big, um, they're starting to find out because humor, as you all know, as you know, our humor is very dark sometimes, you know, very, very dark. And, and so um, we want people to be able to, to understand, to open up and to say, yes, but, or yes, and, um, you know, engage, be mindful, 
all that. I got a, a friend of mine, um, Eric Chase out of Bethany, Oklahoma, who has a company called EMS Improv. Uh, I got introduced to him from, from a friend of, friend of ours uh, probably about a year and a half ago, two years ago. And uh, we've been in working pretty close with how, how to bring that more to the forefront. He has done some excellent work when it comes to that. Um, a, a really just a, a heck of a nice guy. And he has, once again, he has his own story too. You know, he has his own situation where um, he was down in a hole and his wife snapped his, uh, snapped his belt and said, psh, psh, pay attention here. And so she said some words to him that, that um, really opened his eyes up and he, he, um, he dealt with it. And um, he has, um, it's, it's a, a improv thing, he, a group is called FUBAR. So it's, it's pretty funny. Um, and, and a lot of people don't understand what it's about. But, and, and what's nice about this program is it's not just, it can be tailored using humor. It can tailor how you, how you can engage with people um, even better, how to be a better listener, how to be a better communicator. Um, it can be engaged for anybody in it, nurses, leadership, fire, EMS, peer support, whatever. I mean, uh, I'm hoping, not going to me at wood grain with COVID, <laughs> that I'm able to get him out here um, in June. I just have to talk to my fire chief. <laughs> that sounds awesome. And just so creative, you know, innovative approaches. Yeah, you know, actually... Um, I'm glad you, you you use word innovative. It is out of the box thinking is what that is. It, it's new, it's out of the box and it's not something that's just like a canned program. Okay, look, all right, ladies and gentlemen, chapter one is gonna be this. All right, well, here we're gonna be in chapter. No, it, it's, you have to be, you're gonna be engaged. I mean, and our hope is that when you become engaged, you become mindful, you step out of that, able to implore or able, able to use some of those things that are taught. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. And it strikes me that peer support kind of in general shares that, you know, it's an out of the box approach because, you know, the issues and things that, that you were seeing from the inside, you know, it needed a new approach. And, and also it has to be done from within. It has to be kind of grassroots or internal, you know, to, I think, to have this work. Yeah, you have to, you have to want it, you, you know, and you have to learn to be told no a lot and have to learn how to, to get around the word no. You know, okay, oh, you told me no? All right, well, let me try something else. You know, let, let, let's try to get something else. And, you, you know, it's um, like for us here in the region, the Central Virginia region, um, we're really, you know, there, there's a lot of great peer support teams out within this, within the Richmond, Virginia region area where we're able to, um, we're finally trying to get stuff together from a collaboration standpoint of everybody being on the same page. You know, we're trying to form, um, form it where it can be a resource for people. Like for instance, you know, hey, I got a guy that's, that's having these issues. I don't necessarily know where to go to, and you can reach out and say, "Hey, what do you have?" It's once again, it's, a, it's those relationships, and it's and not just any kind of relationship, but a healthy relationship, a uh, a very fruitful relationship where you put some effort into it. Because we're not, you know, I don't want that to be where this collaboration tells you, tells somebody in Richmond how to run their peer support team, or somebody in Wright to run their peer support team. That's not what we want to do. We just want it to be 
um, a resource and a tool in a toolbox, um, and and also just to to become one as best we can. You know, go through the same training and um, offer that the same training to anybody who wants it. And so that's, that's really what it boils down to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So for therapists or mental health professionals who, who want to uh, learn more and, you know, work with your team in Hanover County, mm-hmm. how can they um, get involved or learn more about that? Well, so one of the things, one of the things we've done out of this, this clinician awareness program we did it over Zoom. Um, we had 102 people sign up, but we had 77 people actually attend the whole four hours. And so we're doing that two more times out of this year. I think one time in March and then maybe like one time in September. Once again, it was supposed to be a face-to-face interactive, you know, presentation. Um, but it, you know, cause of COVID it can't, it can't be like that, but, um, you know, what we're honestly finding out is, hey, look, you know, sometimes people just need CEUs and they may look at this and go, hey, look, this may be a good class for me to get CEUs on. And and because we're all, we all want to learn as much as we can. And so um, what we've done for the first class, we had, we had people who said, hey, we said at the end of the presentation, if you're interested in learning more or becoming or, or doing more, email us, let us know this. Um, you know, in the course evaluation forms that we were getting back, we had people that say, yeah, we, we do. So we had a total of 18 clinicians that say, hey, yeah, I'm interested. And so now we're moving into a phase two because the hard thing with anything else, as you know, is once you get that energy, how do you harness that? How do you take that energy and propel it forward? Not just to um, say, hey, thanks, and then hear nothing. So we moved into a phase two. We had a meeting, what's day today? 17, Today's, we had a meeting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can. I've lost days. You know, for, for us, it's, it's our days are based off our schedule. It's Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Monday, Friday, Sunday, Wednesday. And that's all we know. Mm. That's just our work schedule. We're like kind of like horses on a trail, right? Mm-hmm. But um, so we had a meeting on December 3rd. We, we said, okay, look, this is what we want to do moving forward. So we've got um, like a meet and greet, unfortunately, over Zoom. But, um, you know, um, we got people signed up for that. And then at the end of the month, we got a clinician that, that works with us, that works with peer support teams around the, the region um, who happens to be married to a firefighter, uh, which is a benefit for us because she understands that better than, than most people. But um, she could put together another three or four hour class. Uh, so what, what we did in, in um, our CSB connection that we have, um, Laura Robertson, she was phenomenal. So she took a lot of the the, the course feedback sheets, and she really broke it down into what the clinicians wanted to see more of, or what they thought was important to them, or or something that wasn't talked about, but they would like to understand better. So we're really trying to tailor that around what the clinicians want to, to provide them a better service. And you know, like I said, if if people would say, hey, I don't want to be involved, and we're fine with that. We get that. You know, and, and there, there's no harm, no foul, but we had 18 people uh, who's, who come back and said, yeah, I want to know more. And so out of the 18, and once this whole COVID once again uh, opens up, it'll give us an opportunity to allow them to do ride-alongs to get to understand that. And then to start working, um, you know, integrating with with our department. And, and then also not just, you know, and I say our department, but, um, you know, I, I want to take care of my people at home, my, my home hometown or my home base. 
but I also want to expand it to the region to say, hey, look, this is what we have, this is what we're doing, you know, so they can have those resources available to them um, when they want them, it, you know, if, if they need them. Um, for instance, we have a, I, I was able to hook up with a great organization called Canine Companions for Independence, and it's, it's a cci.org, and what they do is they, um, they, 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 bring, they get these puppies in, they're, they're, they're golden retrievers, uh, golden labs, yellow labs. And, and what they do is they, they help people who have like, you know, physical handicaps who may need a, a guide dog or somebody, um, they just come around with a, with a PTS dog. So um, they get them and they train them for like 18 months out of their own pocket. All vet bills are paid for by the, by the owner. And they get them a trainer for 18 months and they take these dogs and they ship them up to Brooklyn, New York for quote unquote um, college, doggy college to learn I think they teach them 10 different commands or maybe 12. And then they learn like another 10 more. Um, and these dogs are amazing. It's, it's um, what they, for instance, a good, some of a PTS, if they can feel that the person's getting nervous, um, if they're in, like if they're in checkout line, these dogs will get in front of the person and push the people and give them space or they'll go behind them. Or if the dog, if the person's waking up from a night terror, they can um, wake the person up gently and slowly. And they can also sense that that night terror is going to be a violent night terror when they wake up. If that's the case, the dog will get back off the bed and jump back into their into their their bed or their crate and wait till they wake up and then jump back onto bed. So we developed that that um, strictly by accident, but that was a, a, another solid relationship we have. So um, you know that's that's been beneficial for anybody in our region, you know, so we can, we do have that at our disposal. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fantastic. My gosh. Um, it, and it, it's, put- it's amazing. I mean, like yeah, I'll bet. If, if, if somebody drops, if dro- one of the training they do is that they, if a dog or somebody drops something on the ground, the dog's not allowed to go and eat it up. He's not allowed to go eat it at all. And the reason why is because if somebody drops a pill on the ground, they don't want that dog ingesting that pill. So they leave it alone. It's it's incredible. And you know, honestly, I, that is one aspect I never thought of. Um, animals really bring a lot out in humans. Um, like people that are going through some stuff, they can connect quicker with it with an animal than they can a human. And I know that that's that's crazy, but it, it just it I've seen it work firsthand, both not even with dogs, but with horses. Um, horses are amazing i i'm afraid of death of horses i i'm not gonna lie i mean you know i was i was i don't know probably five or six years old and thought i was staying far enough away from the horse's tail and the horse's tail swabbing on the side of the face and i i don't want nothing to do with them but um we were working with an organization called checkpoint1.org um unfortunately they are um due to covid um uh, have had to, to go dormant for now they've had to um, reevaluate um, and and um, and what they provide, but they were a nonprofit organization that did tremendous work. Probably and and once again, people don't realize this, but you know they they were providing over half a million dollars of services within the four years of their existence. So um, you know we're sad to see them go, but they're I think they're just like I said, reorganizing reorganizing and then coming back. I believe hopefully, uh, hopefully yes, and and. I'll um, put um, the the links to all of these resources and you know great things that are going on 
um, in the show notes too, so that others want, you know, and, and as well as what's going on in your county and um, the trainings that you're providing for clinicians. Okay. Awesome. Absolutely. So, so um, one last thing, Craig, thank, thank you so much for all this valuable information and, and perspective on everything. What is one take-home message that you would like therapists and mental health professionals to know about working with the fire service? Um, if you get offended easily, mm, we're probably not the kind of people for you. Um, you know, uh, I, I think we use, unfortunately, and, and we use cuss words a lot. <laughs> um, don't be surprised. Um, you have to be fluid because some of the things we'll tell you, don't be surprised and shocked. You know, like sometimes people have adult beverages at 10 a.m. in the morning, you know, and, and so if you hear that, that can be kind of kind of um, shocking. It's not necessarily, I mean, obviously it could lead to problems, but that's not necessarily a problem. They may not do that every day. They may do it once a week or twice a week, you, you know, um, whatever the case may be, but also not to be so, um, and, and I know, and it's not to make anybody mad when I say this, but, you know, we don't want people to be stuffed shirts. We want people to say, hey, thank you for your service, you know, or um, I, I understand, or I, I can't imagine, you know, we're, we're coming to you just to, to aid to basically word vomit um, and to kind of say, hey, look, you know, sometimes it's validation too, you know, we, we look at each other and, you know, we talk to each other and we're like, am, am I that jacked up? And then sometimes you tell somebody, somebody and they're like something, they're like, no, no, actually I, I've gone through that too. And you're kind of like, thank God. You know, because you do, you feel like you're, you're you're going crazy is what you feel like. So we're looking for, for people to be loose, um, to, have, to have a sense of humor. Um, you know, and that's, and that's not everybody. I mean, I'm not saying that, that that's all we're looking for. But, you know, the more you're stuffed and the more that you appear tense to us, the more we're not going to open up. And also, too, it really what it boils down to, Dr. Town, is we're not looking that why I may go see you. And, and I may go two or three sessions. I may not vibe with you. I may not click. And I may have to go to, to, to two or three other people to find that right person, so to speak. Don't be offended by that. It may be not, it may be not nothing that you're doing. It, it, you could be perfectly fine. It's just that individual. It's, what, it's really what they want, what they need. Um, and, you know, and a lot of times, and, you know, in your, your profession, you know, just meet us where we're at. You know, just as best you can meet us. To, to where we're at and, and, and start from there. Um, and there are some, some wonderful clinicians out there, some wonderful ones. That, I mean, um, and honestly, it's not that, it's a, it's a field that really nobody thinks about public safety wise. And I'm not talking about either fire and EMS, I'm, I'm talking about police too. You know, police, police field, the police world is a whole different, whole different world. Now you were talking about a really tough nut to crack that's one of them because I don't need no help. I don't need anything or in all reality, it's not that, but they, you know, because they have to carry a gun, you know, because they carry a weapon. Um, you know, there's a lot more goes behind that. Um, and so you think about in today's, today's age, or you think about 2020 alone, we haven't even seen the effects of what it's done to police officers um, at all. And you won't see that effect 
for probably another 18 months. I mean, you have people looking at other professions going, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, I don't want to do something where I feel like no matter what I do, I'm wrong. And, um, and I got a family to worry about. You know, I don't, I don't want to be putting myself in harm's way. Because unfortunately, and like any profession, as you know, it doesn't make a difference. You know, a clinician, a, a nurse, a doctor, um, you got bad apples in every group, you know, for sure. But 90% of them are, are good, hardworking folks that want to make a difference, you know? Absolutely. Well, so um, invaluable, everything that you've shared, um, Craig, and thank you so much for, for that well, and all of your insights. Well, I, I definitely appreciate it. It's, um, you know, I, I think probably um, my, my biggest issue or my biggest thing that, that I'm really trying to do is just a prevention of suicide in general. Um, I know that I cannot stop all, all, all the suicides that happen or that take place. Um, you know, for, for me personally, it's, once again, it's that, that life experience. What really flipped the switch with me was I used to think suicide was a chicken way out. Um, and I really realized that it's not. It's just people in pain and they don't know how to deal with it. They don't know where to go to it, go to get help. Um, they're afraid and they're alone. And so, you know, we just recently had um, somebody in another jurisdiction uh, committed suicide and you know it, it bothered me because that person died alone and that person died thinking he had no resources at his fingertips and then it's also I mean to be fair that's that's a culture in a fire in the fire service that we created and so we really are responsible for all that because if you think about it what's what's the biggest thing we're always told when we started fire services hey suck it up buttercup you're gonna be okay keep pushing on. Oh, you better not have, you better leave your feelings and issues at the door. Um, you, you know, you, you talked or mentioned earlier about brotherhood and one of the, I honestly, I hate that. I hate that term in the fire service because it can be used when it's convenient. Brotherhood is used when it's convenient. Or for instance, if I'm having a bad day and I go in, I tell my crew, Hey, look, I'm facing X, Y, and Z. I'm going through this right now. If I seem off or indifferent, or if I snap, just understand it's nothing y'all are doing. I'm just dealing with a lot of stuff on my plate right now. And instead of us backing off of that, we take that stick and we put it in the crate a little bit more and we rattle it for the dogs. And we keep poking the, the bear, keep poking that dog till the dog bites. And then um, and then when that happens, everybody's like, well, why'd you do that? And they don't understand. My goal, to me, what, what it more than anything is important is if somebody comes to me and says, hey, I'm having issues, then I wanna be able to have that person either by noontime, by dinner time, a couple of days from there, you know, I want to say, hey, look, thank you for letting me know that. I appreciate it. Um, you know, if you need anything, I'm here. And I want them to be able to come up and talk to me and tell me what's going on. And sometimes if once they do that, it, it, it really just opens up a whole different world. This, honestly, peer support for me personally has done more for me on a personal level than I could ever do for it. And so I will take every last dying breath I have to help whoever I can and to combat um, the ideas of, of being weak, um, of, of being no good or, or useless or worried about losing certifications. It's, it's none of that. And to me, it, it's more about having people being able to trust you, to come to you, to say, um, and, and to really reach out and, and ask for help. You know, because it's nothing, 
you know, I get told all the time, well, thank you for everything you've done. You, you, you've done for me. I didn't do anything. You've done that. You've taken that first step to get, to get help. You have put, you have invested in you. And by you doing that, that's all the things I need, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, it's um, very honorable goals and, and work that you're doing, Craig. And well, thank um, you. Yes. And I look forward to staying in touch and, and continuing to get updates on everything that you all are doing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I surely will. Um, you know, and it's, well, and so the other thing, right, the other thing has been good is we've had the opportunity, um, I've had a great opportunity to kind of network and have really some positive things fall on my lap that I was not anticipating. Mm-hmm. Um, being in relationships with, um, building relationships with the chaplaincy, with, with our chaplains, not just from us, but from a regional standpoint, that's been great. Um, meeting people like you, um, my, all my, um, what's what I'm trying to think of, mentors, um, when I didn't know anything, it took me under the wing and, and has guided me and helped me and been there if I've had questions or, um, you know, those friendships have been invaluable to me. And I cannot, once again, can never pay that back um, for everything they've done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, awesome. You know, there's a lot of momentum there, a lot of yeah. momentum going on and a lot happening. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that. Yes. So awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Craig. It's been an honor having you here. Thank you. Thank you so much. And um, if you need anything, please, by all means, don't don't uh, hesitate to reach out. I'll be more than happy to help in any way I can. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Make sure you check out the show notes about Craig at www.thetherapycafe.com. Coming up on the next episode of the Therapy Cafe podcast, we're going to be talking with Sergeant Renee Plum in the Psychological Service Division of the Prince George's County, Maryland Police Department. We don't want you to miss it. So please subscribe to the podcast right now. We'd love to get your feedback and hear from you. And if you could rate this podcast and leave us a review, we'd really appreciate it. And don't forget, you can check out the show notes and information about us at www.thetherapycafe.com. Thanks so much for listening. This is Dr. Talent at the Therapy Cafe podcast, signing off. Until next time.